0: Hi Shona, how are you?
1: I'm good, thanks. Thank you for inviting me on.
0: Thanks for coming on. I had a little look through uh, our Instagram. I'm not sure how long we followed each other, but um, I saw your page, Council Estate Vegan.
1: That's right, yeah. Gave
0: it a little click, saw some beautiful recipes and noticed that you'd been vegan for 30 years, Uh, which is mad, don't really meet many people especially like the last 10 years you ask people and they say three years four years five years so quite excited to uh, to hear off you so thank you so could you tell us why and when you decided to go vegan you're you're 44 now
1: that's right you yeah. were
0: 14 14 years 14 years of age so quite fairly young uh what happened
1: um so I made the connection between sort of food and animals at a very young age. I think I was 5 when I said I want to be vegetarian. Um, but I come from an non-vegetarian family so I was told no. And I moved household when I was 9 and someone living there one of the pet adults used to be vegetarian so they said yes. And then um I didn't really know what a vegan was, I'd never heard of one before, and I think I was about 14 or 15 when I first heard it, and I was like, oh, I want to be that, Um, just reading about uh, the practices of eggs and milk, and obviously what is easily available now, you've got the Netflix documentaries, things like that, this wasn't really known about back then, you know, there was no real internet, so I hadn't really heard of one before, but yeah, I just remember reading an article saying what it was and so oh my God, I had no idea about you know the cruelty in the milk and eggs industry as well. So yeah that's when I decided to become vegan.
0: What 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 was it specifically that kind of got inside your head to make you think, I don't want anything to do with that?
1: I think, you know, like I said the vegetarian thing, you sort of it's easy to make the connection between um the death and cruelty of an animal. Um, and what's on your plate But with egg and dairy You're sort of led to believe it's byproducts And that it's just something that happens naturally And it's, you know Oh, the cows produce milk the chickens produce eggs anyway And it was sort of like When you read about the connection You know, the male chicks being killed um, When they're days old And the chickens being kept in battery cages And then being cold when they can't produce And, you know, the the way the cows are treated again, you know, the male calves being killed off and things like that, and realise that actually no, um, the de- death is, you know, dairy is death.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a weird age to um to kind of make the switches, isn't it? Usually they say like people are like you know really young, um, just kind of six, seven, eight, where they start stroking animals and um and deciding not to eat them, but um and then it's kind of like. Adulthood. So to, to, to make that realization at like 14, 15, it's, um, it's quite rare. It's quite rare, isn't it? To be honest. What, um, so, what was the reaction of your family around that time? Obviously, you said that they were like, no, it's, it's a no go. What was the general reaction? What, what was said back then?
1: Uh, so, I became independent at 15 anyway. So, from that point, I was responsible for my own food and cooking, which made it a lot easier. But even things like I remember friends' parents when they met me, they were very surprised. They imagined I'd be very small and weak when actually I'm uh, five foot nine and I work in rigging now. So I'm actually quite strong as well. And, you know, it's, uh, there was very much, obviously nowadays when people think of vegans, they associate us with all the fake meats and things like that. Back then, you know, people thought we just ate celery and lettuce and things like that, just salad. So I think to me. vegan who is actually quite tall and strong was a bit of a surprise and very healthy as well um yeah it was very much like back then you know everyone thought you wear tie-dye and um hemp sandals and things like that and it's yeah it's so different from what people perceive us as vegans now which i think it's great you know i've always just i'm an all person i have a job you know it's uh, that people always imagined that being vegan went hand in hand with a very alternative lifestyle, and that, like I said, you wouldn't have much energy and things like that. So it was, it was, it was, a strange one, and I think in a way, I've helped, you know, back then in particular, helped sort of change the opinion of what people thought of vegan was.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I've got massive respect for anyone who who obviously changed for such a long time ago, you know what I mean? I mean, people know about the options when they go out to eat. It's one of the big things. They've got to, oh, I need to go to the pub and have this, and I've got to go to a restaurant and have a lasagna or whatever. But I can imagine, I was born in 1991, so I'm guessing you were 92. What was it like in 1992 um, going out to eat? Oh,
1: um, well, you couldn't really. It's... Like you said, there were limited vegetarian options, but as a vegan you generally had to try and find a vegan restaurant. Um the one thing I would say is um I'm very much I like bean burgers and I really miss them because everywhere nowadays it's all the fake bean burgers. and um, so that was one thing, you should have bean burgers. And at the time I was really, really fed up with them. I was like, Oh god, another bean burger. But now I wish more places had them. <laughs> because you can't find them uh yeah it wasn't it was more generally you'd have side dishes so you'd have like a side salad and a plate of onion rings or something like that but i didn't get anything i mean even the idea that you can walk into a restaurant and have a vegan cheesecake is so bizarre to me because i just didn't have it there was there was no options it was literally a salad and a bread roll
0: <laughs> yeah I can imagine, yeah, I can only imagine what it was like. Um, a lot of people come in the shop who are long-term vegan and they say sometimes they just have a plate of rice and uh, a, a beer uh, or if they're lucky, they might get like a mixed bean chili. Yes.
1: Have
0: you found that in in the last 10 years where it has got more popular, have you found yourself dining out more or, or you know, going out a lot more and enjoying these dishes that are on offer?
1: Absolutely. So I work, like I said, I work in rigging, mainly in musical theatre, and I spent seven years touring around the country. Uh, I only stopped about a year ago, and yeah, like I said, you know, the difference of being able to walk into any shop and or restaurant and having all these options, um, particularly like I said, when you're away from home, it's been an absolute godsend and. Sometimes I get a bit overwhelmed. You know, you go to a restaurant and they've got like five vegan options. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> Too much choice. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I don't to have. Um, yeah. No, it's great. Like I said, the one thing is I'm not, I prefer sort of pulse based meals. So I prefer like the five bean chilli and bean burgers and things like that. So that's one thing I do struggle with. I think because I've been vegan and vegetarian for so long, I don't remember what meat. You know, feels like or tastes like or things like that, so I don't have the craving, but I do think they're great for people that are recent vegans that do miss that. So I think yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, a great yeah. option. Yeah. So one.
0: in general, do you do you try and stay away from the replicas, or do you um, do you, do you eat them on certain days, or do you stick to mainly whole foods, plant based, or?
1: Mainly plant-based, I do have a lot of TVP, textured vegetable protein, uh, because obviously that's been around for like 60 years or something like that, so that was pretty much a staple um, when I was growing up. I do have them occasionally, I think I'm making, um, because I come from a Jewish household, so sometimes I make like mock chicken soup and things like that, you know, like replicas. but in general I do prefer the tofu's and the beans and things
0: like that and lentils yeah 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 see i think you know more about this people who have gone vegan recently and they fill their bodies up with rubbish and they don't feel good mm. you're living breathing proof that it is healthy. it is can be optimal
1: actually something uh that i just thought of when you said that there's obviously there was a big influx of yeah. veganism, and there's now sort of like a bit of a backlash where you've got these um, influencers filming themselves eating steak while crying. Real pet peeve yeah. of mine anyway. It's obviously such a sympathy and attention-seeking thing. But yeah. yeah, if you go vegan and you only eat cheeseburgers and loaded fries and things like that, of course you're going to be unhealthy and absolutely have them as an occasional treat. But it's the same as if you're a meat eater. If you eat burgers and chips every single day, you're gonna be unhealthy. Mm-hmm. If, you eat, yeah. if you eat a lot of vegetables and fiber-rich products, then you're gonna be healthy. And I don't, people see it as a vegan versus meat meat thing. And it's not, it's a health food versus junk food thing. I think that's across the spectrum.
0: Yeah, I don't know how much time you spend on Facebook, but I see a lot of comments and I end up getting into little <laughs> mini keyboard fights with people who say, ah, oh, look what's in your burger look what's in the Beyond Meat Burger, you've got, I don't know, and they name a certain chemical that's in there. And then I'll say, well, you didn't care about chemicals up until this point. So why is it that you've been eating certain things with said chemicals, but now all of a sudden that someone wants to eat one that's got no meat in, now all of a sudden it's really unhealthy and really bad for you. Um, do you come across uh, many many, many... Uh,
1: um, So one of the replies I'd often give is that even when you say you get a McDonald's hamburger and it says 100% beef, A, you, you don't know what part of the animal is, but B, the other thing is that so many people are not aware of the chemicals that were legally allowed in their meat. You know, that dairy is allowed to have 2% pus in it. The antibiotics mm. And the steroids to make them grow faster and the hormones to help them reproduce. That's all in their meat. But because they just see meat, they don't realize it. Another one I've seen is someone saying, oh, you know, all vegan food has to have all the vitamins and added, like B12, um, because you can't get it from meat. And I was like, well, hang on, no, the cows are given B12 supplements. They're plant based. You know, <laughs> it's, it doesn't appear yeah. really anywhere. So I think. They're just in complete denial about the process that their meat goes through. And the other thing is I've seen people listing off these ingredients and saying, "We don't know what this is, you don't know what that is. And it's like, actually, I do know what a lot of these ingredients are. And they're not actually that bad. It just might sound worse than mm. it actually is. Things like I've seen...
0: Especially when eaten in moderation, yeah.
1: Yeah. I've even seen things like, oh, do you know what thiamine is that's added to this chemical? And it's like, yeah, that's, that's a B vitamin. <laughs> that's not a nasty chemical that's literally a B vitamin but they they just don't know I think yeah. so many people are really unaware of what they put into their bodies
0: yeah well for, for instance I've got um a dish on our menu the um it's like a donna kebab replica mm. um I went to post about the comparisons between the ingredients in the two so you've got seitan and then you've got donna meat And when you actually look into what they put in meat, and that's only what we know so it's not actually what is in there it's just what is revealed to be in there uh it's actually quite disgusting so for someone to eat you know the whatever they put in that and then turn around and say there's some chemical in your burger um it's it doesn't make sense really um it is quite (laughs) I, i was actually shocked to see what 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 actually went on um and again, like you said, you don't know what part of the animal is in there. I've heard all kinds of stories about KFC and um, how they make certain things and what they gather and what they collect and put into certain things. And it's it's not good.
1: Um, I mean, also, you get the people posting when they find like ulcers and things in their KFC and they're shocked. And it's like, but if you see the footage of the chickens, of course they're going to have diseases. It's just it's obvious but people seem surprised when they find that
0: yeah yeah i've got a question for you um did you give up dairy the same time that you gave up meat in other words you went completely vegan overnight you didn't go vegetarian first
1: Uh, no so i went vegetarian when i was nine um okay yeah, so I moved household, went vegetarian. Like I said, I was told I couldn't when I was five. Changed household um, when I was nine and went vegetarian. There was someone, um, my stepmom, she was had previously been vegetarian. And she was great. She um, was very much like cooking meals from scratch and things like that. So she was one of the people that really got me first interested in home cooking. Mm. And then, yeah, when it came vegan, it was a little bit difficult. I think I wasn't. I was still slightly at home at first so I had a bit of limitations and I mean if I'm honest I so the first house I went to when I was vegan I said it was like a kid's home and they provided the food for us and what they used to give was everyone they'd cook sausages and then we would come home from school and we'd heat them up in the microwave and then there was a little fry and we'd cook chips in it so all I got was Linda McCartney sausages I had them every day for months um, which obviously wasn't the best so I have to be honest I've never eaten Linda McCartney sausage since and this was like 25 years ago <laughs> or 30 years ago a very long time ago um, but there was times when I was living in homeless hostels where we were often given donated food and it's a bit of a controversial one but it's something called free goods Um, So I've never eaten meat or fish, but if um, I've been given food with dairy and it would otherwise go to waste. When I was younger and sort of, you know, needed food, I have had that. I wouldn't have gone out and bought cheese or something like that, but if we donated food, that would otherwise go to landfill that I've had that, if that makes sense. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, during sort of the harder times, it wasn't as strict, but I now... I don't really think there's a reason not to be because, like you said, you can go into any restaurant, any supermarket, and there's so many options now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting about the the leftover food that's going to go to waste. Um, I've been in places before where I think I just gave up fish and, for instance, the missus would leave a little bit of fish pakora or, you know, something along the lines and it's going to now be thrown in the bin. And I didn't give up fish uh, for too long, you know what I mean? It was probably probably about four or five years ago. And um, But I've, I've got like a stubborn approach, so I just wouldn't have it at all. Hmm. Uh, I've said it a few times, so even if, you know, I've, I've gone like days without food and I'm starving and someone put it in front of me, I still wouldn't have it. Um, but I'm guessing this is what they call a freegan, where they're not actually contributing to the industry. They're just eating the leftovers rather than it go to waste.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I never would have had like the meat or fish because even just the idea of eating flesh I just find absolutely mm. that so this was more if things had like bits of milk or um eggs or something in mm. so
0: what I would think- you what would you say is worse um would you say that the dairy industry is as bad as the meat industry both the same or for me I, I it makes more sense to kill an animal and eat it than it does to put it through the process of dairy and what happens there, you know, with the impregnation and whatnot.
1: Yeah. No, I I do actually agree now. I think I said now that there's more information about uh, veganism when you realise, you know, is a quick death better than being repeatedly raped, having your children stolen off you, um, being kept in small areas. Uh, So I went travelling around Morocco last year and um I was there for Eid, which is when they do the animal slaughtering. Um, I didn't realize when I went there so it was a bit of an awkward time to oh. be there. <laughs> um yeah, it's a big celebration all the families they slaughter a lamb or goat. Um, so it was quite disturbing being there. but then there was also the side of it where all their animals are free range they live in fields. You know, it's very old-fashioned where there is a shepherd that looks after them. Then they go into the family home and up until the moment of their death, they are, even though I don't agree with killing and eating animals, the way they're treated as opposed to in Western countries where they're literally kept in cages and, you know, fed yeah. chemicals and raped and whatever, that's just so, so much worse. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's... I know what you mean. It, it's um, it's it's still not good. The outcome. It's still ultimately kill, unnecessary killing. But to to raise it and feed it and you know raise it naturally compared to the the horrors that go on in the Western world. I know what you mean. It is a little bit um, it is a bit more justified, I suppose. Um, but like you said, for the likes of yourself and me who are just against it anyway, it's still. Like, why would you do that kind of thing, especially when you can like develop a relationship with it as well. same as a dog. I learned recently that pigs are uh, more intelligent than dogs or or thereabouts on the same level. and to think that each dog has got his own personality um it, 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 it would go that it would be the same for, for you know pigs, goats and and sheep surely. Um, and obviously if you was to care for it and bring it up as they do, you're going to develop some kind of emotional attachment which then would make it a little bit more strange to kill it and eat it but that's yeah, uh no. that's their culture i suppose
1: no that's something like i said i've always been surprised about i mean coming from a jewish family i never had pork as a kid anyway um so even when it wasn't me eater, we never had pork but i just I just don't understand how people can't make the association. Like I said, pigs are as intelligence dogs and um, the same intelligence as a three year old child. So they can talk tricks, they wag their tails when they're happy, they fetch with them, they like cuddles and everything like that. But people are just raised as no, pigs are stupid, pigs are dirty, and things that. Pigs are food. Um, it just, yeah, it always amazes me how people can't make that link. That actually
0: yeah. They're really intelligent, affectionate animals. Yeah. The, the the pig and the dog comparison is really common, isn't it? And there's a reason why, because people spend thousands of pounds on their dog to be treated at the vets or, you know, buying, buying the dog Christmas presents or, you know, clipping the dog's nails and getting it scrubbed and whatnot and then go on to treat pigs that way. And people call... A, 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 it's an insult to call someone a pig and the same people that will call someone, for example, a dirty pig, will then go on to eat a, a bacon sandwich in the morning and, and then boast about it. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. that psychology with the, the dog and the pig thing it just just fascinates me.
1: Yeah, and they're very clean animals as well. you know. But yeah, yeah. just people have just become so warped. And, I, and you get the phrase woke now, don't you, that's seen as an insult. Um, but I don't yeah. think it is, it's literally we are awake. We are awake to actually what happens. I feel that people just stick their heads in the sand. The other thing is, you know, there's, I don't know, about 70 odd million people living in England and mm. the vast majority do eat meat and they see a few cows in the field and they think that, you know, say 65 or 60 million people are being fed off those few cows in the field. And, you know, you go to a farm as a kid and you pet a few animals and that's how you think your meat is treated. It's like, no, like you really no. are a clueless, the actual reality of the situation.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think for yourself, who's been vegan for so long, you, you might have kind of just cut off from a lot of it now. Whereas with me, it's been five years, um, five years veggie, three years vegan. And you, you start to notice it everywhere. Like now... When you see what goes on and you see the horrors of, of the industry. And then for, for instance, you're driving down the road and you drive past a petrol garage, I'll think now that there's just a hundred sandwiches in that petrol garage full of chopped up meat, you know what I mean? And then I'll drive past a, a little shop and I'll be like, oh, it's all in there. And then a truck will drive past a supermarket truck and you think it's all in there and then you think you, you start to understand the scale of what is going on and how how big it is, how, how how it's just everywhere, and how it's just been drilled into our brain since birth that it that it's normal. Um, it's yeah. Did would you still get these thoughts yourself, or have you just made a complete disconnection now? Um,
1: yes, I mean the other thing is obviously I'm against all animal cruelty. Don't think animals should be eaten and treated that way at all. But even the uh, farming techniques in the past thirty years. It just keep getting worse and worse I watched a David Attenborough documentary last year and it said that the population of the world has doubled in the past 70 years and there's more people alive now than has been in the entire history of mankind and that's just it's just insane and it's we can't keep eating animals it's literally not sustainable you know like I said even since the end of the second World War, we have double the amount of people. That's double the amount of people to feed. And uh, there was a paper published last year that said if to feed the UK with free-range meat, eggs and dairy, we would need one and a half times of the land we own just to feed the animals. So literally imagine like one and a half of the whole of England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, one and a half times of those just to look after the animals if they were free-range. So again, that can't be done. All those people saying, I only eat pre made meat. They're not. It can't be done physically, which is why, like I said, you know, the past 30, 20 years, the, the treatment of animals is just going more and more downhill. They're just getting worse and worse. They're being pumped with more chemicals. Their cages are getting smaller and smaller. The number of factory um, farms getting approved is skyrocketing. Even things like in New Zealand, um, they're. Um, Obviously, it's like a beautiful green country, and it's really going downhill, the amount of factory farms they're now creating for China, so not even for their own country. Yeah. They're just crazy.
0: Yeah, I, I have lived over in New Zealand, and um, they're a big, they are a big are a big meat-eating country, you know what I mean? And I started to hear about this uh, Chinese influence, and um, when you start talking to people over there, and especially a lot of people who it is a farming kind of place you know what I mean and I, I heard stories back then of of um of how it was going kind of thing you know with more and more because the population is low I mean for for a good chunk of time they they probably could have they did have you know grass-fed beef and 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 you know more of a natural kind of setup but now it's um like you said it's it's had that Chinese influence and there's a lot more uh not more horrors going on kind of thing. Next question, Shona, in the last five years, I've had a lot of comments from friends and non-friends about my dietary choices. I don't know why, um, being vegan for 30 years, I could imagine that you've had a lot of pokes from people. What are some of the negative experiences that you've had?
1: Um, I think. I'm gonna be completely honest, I haven't had many. I think before people meet me they might judge me, but I think when they do meet me they they don't I know that's an odd one. It's like um, with trolling. I don't know if it's um so obviously my account is the Council of State Vegan and mm. I don't get many trolls and I think it might be because maybe people are scared to start a fight with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I think you know um yes, though, yes I'm from very lower working class background but I also have an IQ of like 150 um yeah so it's not a good idea to start an argument with me because I will just completely shut them down and mm. yeah so like I said I'm also I'm quite tall and fairly muscly and things like that so generally I don't. I've had people sort of try and say misconceptions. I remember someone saying, Oh, if you don't shear sheep then um they get overheated and die of heat exhaustion and things like that. It's like how do you think these animals have evolved over, you know, tens of thousands of years without us interfering with them. And uh, mm. so I get people say just stupid comments. Um but again I okay. just said i've been vegan for 30 years as well and i said i love reading and i retain a lot of information so anything they try Mm. to say instantly i have an answer for another thing is like i don't buy i don't know if it's still the same but there was very few vegan cookbooks back then but all of them like the first quarter of the book would be about nutrition and what to have in cupboards and things like that so straight away if you have a vegan cookbook you you know you spend uh, now also in the beginning and again you've just got all this information to arm yourself with so people try and say where's your protein from?" oh that's that's another common one uh is the protein issue so people say oh where do you get the protein from so many people don't realize you only need about 50 grams of protein a day i think it's 46 for women and 56 for men um i go slightly above that because i've got a physical job so if you're at the gym have a physical job, yes, it might be a bit higher, but all these people thinking you need 150 grams of protein a day, that's wrong. You don't need that much and it can be quite damaging. So, just having, you know, like a slice of brown toast has got five grams of protein in it, you know, put a bit of peanut butter yeah. on it or yeah. um, you know, some tofu each day, things like that. We don't need that much protein. So, all these people, you know, the meat eaters saying, Oh, you don't need enough protein. It's like, Yes, we do. You just <laughs> you seem to completely overestimate how much you think we need.
0: Yeah, I think I think since the the Game Changers documentary, I think a lot of that. I think a lot of people have realised, haven't they, that it's been debunked mm-hmm. over and over. Do do you have a, a certain amount that you you hit every day, or do you just just get a wide range of foods and you hit your target? No trouble.
1: I just yeah, I just get a wide range of foods. Um,
0: yeah you're not you're not bodybuilding you're not you're not looking to gain too much muscle so
1: No I just want to you know be able to do my job efficiently uh, I do occasionally if I know I've got a particularly long heavy shift I might have a protein bar or protein shake or something like that but that's if I know I need a boost but I'm looking at the fact that I actually like healthy food like even as a kid I didn't particularly like sweets or fried food um, I didn't eat vegetables as a kid I think I lived off spaghetti on toast for the first like 10 years. Uh, but (laughs) yeah, now I, I do love, I don't like deep fried food. I actually like really healthy food. So I probably eat about three packs of tofu a week. Absolutely love the stuff. And I think just that alone pretty much covers my protein. Um, yeah, I drink a lot of, um, soy milk. Um, yeah, some hummus. All the other thing is I do a whole meal price uh, product. So I like brown bread, brown rice, brown pasta, which again is and protein anyway.
0: Yeah. So what, what would like a typical day of eating look like for you for, uh, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed? What is a typical day of eating?
1: Okay. So because of my job, I have very unusual working hours. So with the theatre, I could start at, 5 o'clock in the afternoon and finish at 6 o'clock the next morning. So that's about what ah. cool I do those shifts. Uh, but a normal day might be me starting at midday, working through till 10 at night. So my eating habits are different different. Uh, so breakfast uh, in winter would be probably porridge. And in summer, I it's called overnight oats now. Again, it's one of those things that I've eaten forever. I just used to soak oats in yoghurt overnight and eat them in the morning. Um, so... I have that um lunch would be um i tend to eat the same for lunch and dinner so i might cook a big dinner and then have leftovers for lunch but i'd have a lot of um vegetable stir fries uh, bean chili uh well obviously you have seen on my instagram sort of that's a, that is the food i eat mm-hmm. um yeah bean burgers make curries, um, pilers, stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of one-pot meals. I haven't got an yeah. Um Mine broke about a year yeah. ago. just never bothered replacing it. But I've always, because I live on my own, I don't tend to use an oven anyway. So most of my meals would be just one pot, like spaghetti bolognese and rice dishes, literally one pot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. It's quite hard, even though you eat every day and people eat three, four, five times a day, it's quite hard to... To say what what you actually eat, it's like coming up with a song on the spot. You can never kind of do it. Um, yeah. I have to look through my uh, <laughs> my app to tell people. I have to flip through my calorie app to kind of tell yeah. people what I've what I've been having.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily also on the Instagram things. I'm not one of those who takes a photo, edits it, posts it, and then eats the meal cold. I'll take a photo, and then a few days later, I think, oh, I should post that. So yeah, I'm not what I post on the Facebook page isn't necessarily what I ate that day. It's just Something that I haven't yeah. got. Yeah. Mm.
0: Next question Shona. up. How do you ensure that you are getting all the necessary nutrients and vitamins in your diet?
1: Uh, so I do, I do take a multivitamin. I didn't use to, but um, during lockdown I started because obviously we will not get as much vitamin D. So that is when I started to taking a one a day. I don't necessarily think I need it, but I just, like, if it's there anyway, I do. Um, I try and look for fortified products. So I have probably about half a litre of soy milk a day, and, like I said, average of half a pack of tofu a day. And I try to go to the ones that have calcium burning, Um and they tend to be high. I a lot of fruit and veg. So my during lockdown, one of my friends set up a fruit and veg business, and they were going around local farms collecting it, literally sorting out of the garage and dropping off the fruit and veg boxes and because they're my friends I carried on supporting them it's a little bit more than buying the fruit and the veg from supermarkets but it's all locally grown it's plastic free and you just know it's obviously it's still got the mud on it you know, you know it's not mass produced at uh, so straight away you can get a lot of materials from that so yeah I try and have a lot of fresh fruit and veg um, mm. like I said it's just generally very, very-
0: Veg is something I need to eat more of. And it's quite weird to say that when you say I'm a vegan or a vegetarian and I actually need to eat more vegetables. Um, going back onto tofu, the soy argument I'm pretty sure has been debunked, um, especially the last like two or three years. When I listen to certain podcasts or, or I watch you know certain YouTube videos and they say you need to limit it to 70 gram per day, And I'm there thinking, well, I'll have like a 450 gram block and I might have that twice a day sometimes. Um, what, what's your knowledge on soy and what it does to the body with the phytoestrogens and the isoflavones and whatever, what's your, what's your knowledge?
1: So with the hormones they're not the hormones that can be absorbed by the body this is something i always find weird that you know animal products are absolutely pumped with hormones to get them to keep producing and um, whether that's to produce more babies you know or to you know produce the milk and things like that so yeah it's the uh, meat and dairy is absolutely filled with these hormones uh, it's even in the water supply now while mm. the, um the estrogen that's in tofu isn't absorbed by the body so that's one mm. the other one that you get a lot of is oh you know the deforestation of the rainforest for soya but 93 percent of the soya grown is for animal feed now we all know that you know as a vegan we know that's common knowledge but it's amazing mm. how meat eaters don't and they just see oh soya obviously it's all the vegan same with quinoa as well I think it's it's been proved that vegans don't eat any more quinoa than meat eaters do but again you know Mm. people see quinoa and think oh it must be the vegans eating it all so that's that's another one i like i said i i've only ever seen the arguments for tofu from the vegan perspective where they said this is what people think this is the truth so if that makes sense i've not seen Meat
0: eater to saying, Oh, this, this, and this. Um, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had soy boy comments and stuff, not, not, not like direct attacks, but you know, people bring just bringing it up in conversation. You know, the soy boy, soy boy comment, and um, what they don't realize is when they have a Chinese, for instance, there'll be soy sauce in the in the Chinese. If they was to have, I don't know, um, you know, frozen meals, there's going to be soy wheat you know a lot you know in these in these frozen meals that they have that are that are, that are meat based
1: yeah i mean and yes everything is using everything yeah. you look at the life expectancy japanese have the highest life expectancy in the world they've been eating tofu for 2000 years
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's mad and they say that you know it messes with your hormones leads to infertility or whatever. And you think, well, why have the Chinese got one point three billion? Yeah. If that was the case as well. So that that does, doesn't kind of make sense. I I've, I've tried to I've tried to delve more into it because obviously I do eat a lot of soy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I want to be sure, but I can't seem to find any any evidence okay. that, that no, says I yeah. shouldn't eat it.
1: No, the um like I said, the estrogen isn't uh it's the type of estrogen that's not absorbed by the body but the hormones put in yeah. the animal feed is because obviously it's designed to get into the animals' bodies so therefore it will be absorbed by our bodies. So yeah, that's eating the meat is a lot more harmful. Um now I've never had never had any trouble. And again, that seems to be one of the things over the past few years where things that people have done for hundreds or thousands of years that's been fine with the sunrise of veganism, they're suddenly picking up all these points saying, Oh, what about this, what about that? And it's it's almost like urban legends, I think, meat eaters where they believe absolute nonsense sometimes, like some of the stuff that you hear. And you're like, where does that even come from? You know, like the fish not having feelings. So like, of course, fish have. You know, they've even done tests that like they have nerves. But it's just been an urban myth that fish don't have. Uh, they can't feel pain. And obviously, mm. nonsense. But it's just they want to believe it to justify their decisions. And again, I think it's the same with the tofu thing. There's no evidence it does any damage whatsoever, but they will hear the servant legend that supports their ideas, and they'll
0: they'll appreciate mm. it. definitely. And talking about fish, I've got a really funny fish story. Uh, I won't tell it again because I think I've mentioned it a few <laughs> times. But I'm sure after listening to this, you'll you might flick through a few more of the episodes, and you'll you'll find a very interesting fish story um, on one of them. Uh, moving on to travel, so obviously. As a 30-year vegan, I can imagine you've been to a lot of places, a lot of holidays abroad. Um, I went to Italy last year and I've struggled with what to eat. I was sick of potatoes and pasta and whatever else. How have you found holidays? Do you plan before? Do you go to certain countries that where veganism is is popular or do you just kind of deal with the problems when you get there?
1: I kind of just deal with the problems when I get there. Um, I mean, I'm lucky that because I live in council flat, I've been here um, a flat 23 years now, so obviously it's good rent and I work really, really hard. I'm currently working three jobs, doing 60 hours a week because I'm going travelling again. You know, wow. So literally all my – I work really hard so I can go travelling. I absolutely love it. Um, my travel tends to be quite eco-friendly, though, so I've done a lot of, I say, road trips across America. I've actually just been camping in national parks, cooking around campfires and things like that. Um, so a lot of my holidays I would do self-contained. On the first holidays I did, um, oh, India. So I travelled around India, and again, that's fine because half the population is vegetarian and they don't eat eggs and there's not, there is a fair bit dairy, but you just sort of say you don't want the dairy. It's fine so that was really easy um there's a lot of countries where there's a lot of vegan dishes but they don't know what the word vegan is or it's not in their culture so again it's a lot it's having a lot of side dishes where you think you're not going to have to eat anything but actually when you look you think okay so I in Morocco it's a very meat heavy but well, the vegans you know vegetarian doesn't exist it's a very different way of life but, you know, they say, you won't be able to eat anything. When you get there, you think, okay, well, I can have salads, the breads, the olives. They have a lot of chickpeas and things like that. So it's it's finding out, um, like, the dishes. Yeah, I'll do research beforehand, see what the dishes are, see what I think I'm going to be able to eat, um, try and find self-catering accommodation. Anyway, it tends to be a lot cheaper. I tend to go travelling alone as well, so it's not like i gonna be eating out a lot in restaurants. Um, mm. yeah, just going to supermarkets. And again, even in, I said, even in Morocco, I went to the supermarket and I was finding soy milk and soy yogurts. And I was just like, Oh, I wasn't expecting, expecting that. Um, I would, like I said, self cater, so I'll always take, uh, tvp uh, the textured vegetable protein, just like a little pack with me. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And when I went, when I used to tour, I did do some international touring, living in hotels. Um, so I used to tour a slow cooker. So if I'm going away for a long time, um, I actually just have a tiny little slow cooker. I can cook meals in the hotel rooms. And again, a pack of dehydrated TBP, um, some mixed herbs. And you always even buy vegetables out there. So I can just make meals. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've not heard
0: that one before, taking taking a mini oven that's um <laughs> that's some serious dedication there but now i understand why because like i said if i had a mini oven and some some meat replicas in italy then i would have been fine so yeah it makes yeah. sense um
1: so have to be, i think another friend of mine works in the industry and toured around she's done world tours on wicked um, again way before veganism's mainstream and she was telling me she got greaseproof paper and she was wrapping tofu in it and she was using the hotel iron to cook with and um oh, a thermos flask as well so if you have a thermos flask you can cook pasta in it because it keeps it hot so you just literally pour the hotel kettle put rice pasta friskles whatever in the thermos and just sort of mm. shake it a few minutes and then you've got that as well so you it can be quite in, yeah. you, know, you find ways around it
0: <laughs> yeah 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 i've come to learn that in the last uh, few years anyway and it also turns into a hobby to find these places dotted around us. And it? you get to a place and you find like going back onto travel as well, when you said about India and, and whatnot, and you, you, you're pleasantly surprised with certain places. Um, my missus is Russian. We went over there for the fourth time, my fourth visit there. Um, and I was, it, it's mad, uh, the, the you'd think from such a big meat eating country, um, and such a poor country as well, there's not a lot of people, um, or I should say there's, there is a lot of people with money, but uh, a large percentage, um, you know, they struggle and the, the options in the supermarkets were mad. Couldn't believe what we could buy over there. Um, we went to like three or four vegan restaurants out there, unbelievable food. Um, and that's in a country where you'd least least expect it as well. So, um, so it's, it's definitely promising.
1: Yeah, I mean, even things like I went to the Czech Republic, that was probably about 10 years ago now, and again, I just do a little bit of research before I go, but I still found, like I said, I do very low budget holidays anyway, I try and sort of spend as much time as I can uh in places, they do tend to be very low-cost, but I still found, um I think, three vegan or vegetarian restaurants with vegan options in Prague 10 years ago, mm. so yeah i think you do need to do a bit more research than you know like a meat eater wouldn't think anything of doing research to places to eat before going on holiday and um obviously we do but it's i don't think it's ever sort of i've really really struggled not being able to eat anything or just have have bread you know i've always managed to find something again like hummus like every supermarket in the world will sell hummus so it's (laughs) worst case scenario Mm -hmm. bread, hummus and salad But you can usually get a
0: Yeah, falafel as well is a a big saviour, isn't it? When you're abroad, falafel in a wrap.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: So talking of eating out and options available, where's your favourite place in this country or abroad, your favourite place, uh, you know, where you visit regularly or just like a one-off abroad where you've been, what stands out for you? Oh, that's a
1: tough question. Um... I worked in, I took a show over to Israel um, about seven years ago and I've got the Jewish background anyway, but Aussie being uh, the Jewish food, they don't mix meat and dairy. So a lot of their food is actually naturally vegan anyway. So it, that was fantastic anyway. I like, I love Middle Eastern food. So again, you know, the hummus, the falafels, the fresh wraps and things like that, and fried aubergines so i do yeah absolutely uh, love the middle eastern food and like i said it's one of those that you in theory on paper it doesn't look like there's a lot of vegan options but in reality there really are uh, a wide variety um i love all food um i went to i worked in hong kong for six weeks with another show and when i got there I couldn't find anywhere to eat. I was really, really struggling. Everything had meat in it. um Even if you order like a vegetable, you know, a vegetable dish, it will cook chicken stock, things like that. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do for six weeks? And I then found out that the restaurants are split. You get the normal restaurants and you get the Buddhist restaurants. And the Buddhist restaurants are 100% vegan and they're everywhere. It's just you have to search them out and you go there. And wow. There 200 things on the menu. The menus are absolutely They're like books, and everything you can think of, you know, like they had shark spin soup, but vegan, and they'd have, um, you know, like anything that they have, Chinese dishes, they would find the abalone, things like that, everything they had vegan food for. So once I realised that you just need to find separate restaurants, the food there was absolutely incredible, like the options were insane. I think I just would go to a restaurant and just order like entire tables to work because they just had everything you can possibly imagine. Um, So, yeah, I think... um,
0: Sounds amazing. I I didn't expect to hear that from Hong Kong either.
1: No, there was so much. Like I said, it took a while. I've
0: seen some information about Hong Kong and um, a couple of other countries. Um, It was when I was looking into the Blue Zones and they said that Hong Kong has got one of the highest um life expectancies is that true
1: um i think so it's a very strange place because you think of all the really tall towers when you go there but actually about half the country is mountains that they're not allowed to build on so they do a lot of hiking like literally and there's so many beaches and things like that so it is a strange place the it's one of those countries where they eat every part of the animal and i said i would Obviously, I never touched it. I never would. But they lick, you know, like they serve the snouts, the trotters, the beets, everything. Um, I didn't think the food was healthy. The vegan food is. The meat options were definitely not. Um mm. I suppose they are. Well, this is
0: why it's interesting, because when, when they were talking about Hong Kong and they were saying, you know, it's got one of the highest life expectancies, but they're one of the biggest meat-eating countries, and then you've gone there and said that you've found hundreds of these Buddhist vegan places. It'd be interesting to to look into that and find out why it's got one of the highest um life expectancies. I could be wrong I, that I'm pretty sure that this is what this is what I heard. Um yeah,
1: it, might be, it might be the discrepancy. I'll have a little look the,
0: actually. Hong it, Kong. It, yeah.
1: It might be one of those where you there's like a divide where you get the the junk It's saying that even though They eat a lot of deep fried food, but they don't have a lot of processed food. So maybe it's to do with that. You know, there's not exactly those. Yeah. And and things like that. And that said, yeah, they eat fried food, but it's um, probably very different from the fried food you eat in Western countries.
0: According to Science Direct, Hong Kong's leading longevity is the result of fewer diseases of poverty while suppressing the diseases of affluence. A combination of economic right. prosperity and low levels of smoking. Yeah. We'll put it down right. to the Buddhist uh anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean to be honest, they yeah, I don't think I saw anyone smoke. Like they just don't smoke out there. They don't even really drink. I don't remember seeing much alcohol. Um they also obviously they wear the face masks as well. So that was something. So I went there. Um I was there literally a few months before lockdown, actually, but it's just then they naturally wear masks on public transports. So yeah, that, they
0: probably don't mm.
1: have many diseases there as well.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of alcohol, what do you what do you drink? I haven't really. I mean, I don't drink as much as I used to anyway, so it's not really a problem. It's not like I'm going out on pub crawls and that. Do you drink, and if so, what what do you go for? Do you obviously, I'm guessing, you look at the bottle. A lot of wine is vegan. A lot of beer is vegan. All spirits are vegan, are they?
1: Um, so I'm actually a teetotal. I, like I said, I left home. Okay. At, I left home quite young. I think sort of between the ages of 13 and 18, I probably drank too much. and sort of got to 18, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't want to do that anymore because so, I um always knew I wanted. I've to had go- enough. Yeah. Well, I wanted to go off to university. And I was doing my A-levels and I was sort of, yeah, I was skipping days or coming in hungover and I was like, no, that's bad. So I just um, pretty much stopped drinking overnight after a very bad night (laughs) Uh, just before my 18th birthday, I think. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those where I was still only being vegan for a few years by that point. So I... I never liked beer or wine anyway, so I drank the like vodka probably, spirits and things like that. But there weren't as many then. I think a lot more I knew that it used to just be the German beers and there was very few wines. Um but I think nowadays same with cheese, you know, when I was vegetarian as a kid, cheese wasn't vegetarian, it had animal in. And you had to go and find specialist cheese, and now pretty much all the cheese in the supermarket is vegetarian. And I think it's the same with wine now as well, where used to be you'd have to find specialist vegan wine world nowadays um, because of the rise of um, vegetarian veganisms, about half the wines are. So I think that, you know, that's a great change that's happened probably over the past five years or so. Again, Mm -hmm. beer as well, like I said, you know, um, it used to only be the German beers that were vegan, and now you've got a lot of. Um, there's a rise of like, proper ales and things like that being made in England, and they're usually vegan as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, I yeah, I'm, I, I would. I wouldn't say I'm teetotal now, but um, definitely uh, don't drink half as much as I used to. So I don't really have to look into it too much. But um, but I think a lot of the booze is only. It's like a byproduct, isn't it? They use, you know, like they might have fish bladder, is it, or fish liver, um, yeah. to produce certain ones. So it's not really, it's not really causing too much damage. Um next question is I knew I should have screenshotted it and I didn't, and I'll just have to keep reloading <laughs> the page.
1: Um,
0: next question, Shona. How do you think the vegan movement will continue to evolve in the coming years?
1: Um, I think it's, it's going to keep growing. Like I said, there's, there's a bit of a backlash at the moment where you get the influencers who, I don't believe they were ever genuine vegans. I think there was a lot of influencers that realised the movement was growing, like, oh, I'm going to become a vegan. And then, see, they then film themselves eating steak a few months later after having eaten rubbish for so many years. A big thing is the availability of information. Like I said, the documentaries on Netflix, there's so many people I speak to now saying, why did you become vegan? And it's because they watch a documentary on Netflix. And, you know, it's either sort of they see the way the animals are treated or they see the difference of the health benefits, things like that. So that it is going to keep growing, absolutely. I, I would love a world where everyone was vegan. Realistically, I don't think that will ever happen, but I do think that like in 50 years time it could be the majority i think it really is growing like mm. i said the population's growing anyway we physically can't eat the amount of meat we do now like it's physically impossible to do that and um, also people becoming a lot more environmentally conscious and again uh, becoming aware of even if it's not so much about the animal rights they're seeing the impact in the environment of eating meat uh, one of my best friends um he became vegan about five years ago, he's an environmental scientist. And again, it's sort of he started looking into it and realised that a huge amount of damage that it does to the environment. So again, um a lot of people do that. I mean, there's a weird debate, isn't it, about the vegan versus plant based thing. And it's not I'm I was vegan for the animals, even if a vegan diet wasn't as healthy, I'd still be vegan. As it happens, I believe it is healthier. Um, but people become, like I said, you, there's for the animals, there's economic, there's health, there's environmental, there's lots of reasons. And, um, yeah, I think people are getting more information, becoming more aware of that it's not, there's so much more to it than just the animal cruelty. There's so many other benefits and things like that. So I can really see it taking off.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, environmentally, I think that's why the poorer countries will be a lot further behind. And I think, like you said, in fifty years, you think that you know it might be the majority of of, of like the Western world. I think it will be the privileged countries that that, that will make the switch. Um, you know, people in poverty are not going to care too much about the world if they're not really living a good life, kind of thing. So, I don't think we'll see too much change in our life. Um, but yeah, I do think, like you said, in you know, in 30, 40, 50 years, I do think there'll be a massive, a massive wave of of, um, of the yeah. switch.
1: I think it is growing. Um, obviously, it's still really, really underground, but it, even things like in Hong Kong, I've got a lot of followers and I follow them in Hong Kong. And like I said, I was out there in 2019. And yes, they had the Buddhist restaurants, but you couldn't find anything in the ordinary shops. And now these people are posting, you know, supermarket shelves filled with all these vegan products and I was like wow that's amazing that wasn't out four years ago or five years ago and you know if there's people that connect with all over the world and um, yeah the change is absolutely huge and I suppose for me like you're saying that you don't think there's going to be much of a change so when I was 18 I went to visit a friend who was at uni and someone in her class was vegan and that's my first memory of meeting another vegan because it was just so unheard of. I just remember, like, you know, like, she says, oh, you've got to meet this person, she's vegan. I was like, oh, my God, you're vegan as well, wow. Um, Because it was that rare. So, for me, even if it's only 2% of the population is now vegan, that seems huge to me. You know, like, every Mm. restaurant has vegan options, like, multiple. They now have vegan desserts. The supermarkets, I used to have to buy UHT pea milk from Holland and Barrett. That was the option for dairy milk now you go to a corner shop and they've got the variety you go to a supermarket it's an entire aisle so it's just changes have been huge like even in the past five years so like i said if you've just become vegan a few years you might think it's not very fast but for me it really is exploding um yeah 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 and the more well, you you'd take- be
0: happy to know that i, I meet that you know i do meet a lot of vegans or you know veggies are on the on the on the verge of turning um day in day out they they come in the shop people that you wouldn't believe ex-prisoners big blokes sports people um just vegans of 50 years come in they won't do the podcast though because i think they get scared of this word (laughs) this new bit of technology that they're not that, which is why I'm happy to get you on to uh, to share your 30 years. But um, yeah, there's just you know you'll be in the supermarket looking at the section, and I end up having conversations with people uh, who are who are you know looking to buy something plant based kind of thing. And so it is it is really positive. Yeah, um, it's sometimes 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 it's hard to to to, to you know but like for instance when I've looked down my list to set podcasts up. And I end up flicking through 90% of people and that's when you realize actually it is, it is, it is a minority kind of thing. But, um, but now, like you said, I, I can't see any slowdown.
1: No, I mean, something else I noticed as well is when you're in the vegan section is older people as well. You know, I've seen people in their like seventies and they're getting vegan meals and that's like, wow, that's amazing. You know, they were the meat and two veg generation. And though they might not be vegan or mm. vegetarian. The fact that they're having a few meals a week is great. I'm very much, this is something that Indeed. recently I've been um, having debates with online is I'm very much looking for the positives in people. Like, like I said, I want everyone to be vegan. They're not, but if someone does a meat free Monday and they say, oh, that's fantastic, and hopefully you know that will encourage them to do it more often and Im- increase and improve while I know some people are like well why aren't you doing it you know putting them down as opposed to trying to raise them up and again I think that's something else we really need to look at is though there's a lot of people that aren't vegan they're eating a lot less meat and I think that's a great thing and you know you need to really encourage that as well I think it's important
0: to, oh yeah 100% you know, yeah
1: actually you know, like try yeah it really I've said it
0: I've said it before <laughs> you know yeah if you've got you know a, a big bloke who's 18 stone and you've got um, for example a woman who's nine stone and the bloke's eating you know two or three times as much if he was to do two or three days meatless or dairy free it's going to have a bigger impact than one person turning you know what I mean so it, it is important to, to think of that side of it as well yeah uh, before we go Shona there's one more question if you could live off one food one dish i want to say vegan dish but i'm not going to because we know that it's just food if you could live off one food for the rest of your life which food would you choose
1: uh, or which uh, dish oh probably like tofu teriyaki but like i said i absolutely love tofu. Yes. I it. yeah i eat it myself. teriyaki
0: tofu, tofu.
1: Oh, absolutely yeah absolutely adore it so would that be would
0: that, would that be from yourself you just chop it up press it put it in the pan
1: um yeah so i know it's not as healthy but sometimes like if i do have a takeaway those are just so good <laughs> the version <laughs> i'll do at home will try and be natural but oh i do love the uh, the chinese takeaway version as well but yeah just um pressed tofu um, fry it first to make it crispy on the outside then make up teriyaki sauce mine would just be soy sauce, maybe five spice ginger, garlic um, maybe vegan oyster sauce something like that Bit of, and then you add the cornflour slurry which is the a bit of water mixed with cornstarch and um, it sort of just thickens up the sauce, gives it a texture uh, I'd have it with vegetables okay. and um, probably brown um, rice but yes uh, that would be my favorite
0: dish. yeah it sounds beautiful and people need to understand the process to making good tofu because too many people will just try and whack that silken tofu in a, in a pan
1: <laughs> and
0: it just turns to goo you know what i mean so this is another thing people say i don't like tofu you do like tofu you just haven't cooked it right or spiced it right or pressed I mean, it?
1: Um, no, the first few years of the week I didn't, I think the only tofu you could get really easily was the silken tofu with a pouch. And obviously it's like mayonnaise texture, so I think I tried putting it in stir-fry, poured it out of the top and it just went to liquid. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I yeah. um, But obviously when you realise that there's different types and you press them and things like that, same with temper, I always hated temper. Uh, about five years yeah. ago I had temper ribs in a restaurant. Obviously they'd steam it first and then put it I thought, like, oh, this is lovely. And now I eat ten for a week, well, up till five years ago, I'd had it once and hated it and never touched it again. So it's learning how to cook everything, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've learned with tempeh, I've only been eating it for the last few months, and I've, I've learned if you use hot sauce with it, it takes away the bitterness. So mm-hmm. every time I have it, you know, I'm having some peri sauce or some, um, you know, Perry Mayo or something a bit, with a bit of a kick and it kind of takes it away, but it's, it's just so good for protein, isn't it? It's just so, it's so clean. It's fermented. It's got to be, it's got to be used. And um, I can't believe it's took me this long to kind of discover it to be honest.
1: No, I was the same. Like I said, I literally started eating it a few years ago after having it once. And again, like I said, because there was no, there wasn't many cookbooks. There was no internet, things like that. I mean, obviously we haven't really discussed the cookings. um, side on the show but everything was a learning curve you know 30 years ago i had to learn to cook from scratch and the stuff i was cooking back then wasn't necessarily good and i was making mistakes and you sort of, i've learned a lot of the recipes that i cook. i've, I've learned myself and i've just taught myself through trial and error um and yeah. again though know, the tempeh thing was i didn't know that you you know if you steam it first and if you yeah if you cook it with sauce it's very different i think the first time i had it I probably just chopped it up and tried to put it in stir fry, and that would not be very nice. Mm.
0: Nah, yeah, I'm, it's it's interesting about the boiling it because I did uh, sorry, steaming it. I did boil it the other day, and uh, it didn't really do much. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and steam some in a little while and uh, and see how it goes. Okay, yeah, I
1: just find it softens it a little bit.
0: Lovely work, Shona. Thanks for the chat. Respect for your 30 years of vegan, uh, especially the first 20, because I could imagine that was hard. So, your Instagram is the underscore council underscore estate underscore vegan. So the council estate vegan with underscores in between, if anyone wants to look at um, what you're cooking up. And yeah, thank you for your time, 1 hour 10.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a great experience.
0: No worries. If you ever, if you ever find yourself in this part of the world, part of the world, part of the country, there's a meal here waiting for you to try.
1: Oh, fantastic! I did have a look at your restaurant, and I was a bit gutted that I wasn't nearby and couldn't pop in for face-to-face chat. (laughs) But hope you another time.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. If you ever pass in, just give us a shout, and um, thank you very much.
1: And I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Shona. See ya.